Empower Radio presents Positive Now with Lisa Jesswine. Connect with interesting, inspiring, creative, and spiritually uplifting people who know the value of being positive now. Here's Lisa Jesswine. Well, hello, everybody. How are you? Thanks so much for tuning in today. I got a special guest today, someone that I am reconnecting with after about three years. She is a psychotherapist and intuitive animal healer. Hello, Shiri. Hi, Lisa. What a wonderful way to connect again. I know. This is kind of interesting. Shiri Joshua, um, out of Vancouver. So we've got our Canadian neighbors. Hey, we <laughs> love Canada. Um, <laughs> and Shiri and I met about three years ago at the I Can Do It conference out in Vegas. And we were in one of the classes together, right? Uh, yes. We actually went into one of the workshops that the, I think it was Colette Baron-Reed that we saw mm-hmm. together. Phenomenal. Yeah, and sometimes you just sort of vibe with somebody. And Sherry was sitting next to me, and I remember, like, looking at her, and she's kind of glowing. And I went, ooh, I want to know what that's all about. <laughs> I didn't know I was glowing. Thank you. You were glowing. And so, that you know, you just get drawn to different people. So that's yes. how I met Sherry. And she has written a, a fabulous book that I wanted everybody Um, to be able to share because animals play a very important part in a lot of people's lives and they've played an important part in your life. And you wrote The Animal's Messenger, A Tale of Truth and Purpose. Tell me a little bit about what the book's all about. Yes, well, this book uh, has taken about three years to be born and it's, um, I feel it's was co-written with the animals themselves. It's um, it's a parable filled with uh, spiritual teachings on and about our kinship with animals. So anything to do with what is their take on dealing with uh, loss, um, grief, um, coming closer to a higher consciousness, and coming sorry, coming closer to God consciousness, um, communicating with the animal kingdom, living our purpose, all sort of. Um, formulas or or guided inspired messages that I have been receiving or tapping into for the last years and I wanted to share with the world and it's it's um I believe um it's kind of a unique way of sharing what they had to say through mm-hmm. a story. First of all, let's get this out of the way. Do you have any animals at home and what are their names? <laughs> uh oh. Um, excuse me. Yes, I am sharing my home currently with two cats. Uh, one is Pfizer. That's her name after the pharmaceutical company. Don't kill me. And <laughs> the reason we called her Pfizer, true story, is because six years ago when um, my partner and I adopted her, um, I was heavily involved in psychotherapy and psychiatry, mm-hmm. and we have decided that she is the best antidepressant that there is ever. <laughs> So we didn't want to call her Zoloft. Right. So we actually called her Pfizer. <laughs> Seriously. I love so that's it. Pfizer. She's um she has been with me on TV, television interviews, radio interview, not radio. Um, you know, newspapers. Mm-hmm. So she's very famous and she's sitting here with her black glasses. No, no, I'm just joking. Yes, would um, she like me to interview her as well I because think so. uh-huh, uh-huh. I love it. <laughs> Although she's she's grooming right now, so we must not interfere. <laughs> And and another cat named Bauer, um, after the hockey equipment. Don't even let's not go there. And um and and two two rabbits that have found me and um I've been sharing my life with them for seven years now. Oh, let's talk about that because one of my questions to be to you was gonna yeah. be do the animals pick us? You know, I really do believe that, and I've been working with people, animal lovers, for about 10 years now. Um, in my previous work, I was doing a lot of pet loss counseling, which I'll talk about later, but um, I've always, again and again, heard stories of how people, you know, didn't even plan to have uh, an animal, and all of a sudden they are in love with this dog or cat or bunny or whatever. Um, and one thing I understand from the animals directly, from working with the animals, is that it's almost like we have a preordained or a predetermined kind of an agreement, of course not on a conscience level, that um, it kind of su- uh, suits us where we're going to meet, how we're going to meet, um, and how long they're going to be in our lives. So mm-hmm. I truly believe that they pick us and we pick them. 
mm-hmm. for various reasons. Well, and the you know I go back to I raised a leader dog, uh, you know a puppy for leader dogs for the blind, and I was just yeah. sort of directed that that I needed to do this, and I wanted a, a puppy mm. in my life, but I I knew that the dog needed to be of service. So as soon as I get this dog, I immediately see you know, who he's going to go with, what the purpose of all this is. And I knew he was going with a young man who for some reason was very fast and did not live in this country. Well, my dog was placed with a 19-year-old young man who lives in Guatemala who's a Paralympic runner for his country. So all of it kind of made sense. And this young man and I, even eight years later, we still have contact. There was such an intense meaning and purpose of Oscar coming into my life, that's the name of the dog, and um, then me giving it back, which you have mm-hmm. to do. I mean, it's not like I could keep yes. him. Um, but, I mean, he helped this young man graduate from high school and <clears throat> traveled to Greece for the Paralympics and wow. has changed his life so much. And each animal, you know, t- talk a little bit about this, about each animal having a purpose as well as all of us having a purpose on the surface. Yes. Yes, yes. In fact, it, it's it's so phenomenal because I see. I call it, or I feel that it is a soul agreement or a spiritual contract between um, people that come into our life and animals that come into our life for whatever reason. Maybe we need to learn something, or maybe we need to teach something. Maybe it's for the purpose of healing, or you know, unfinished business from who knows, perhaps past life even. Um, and and that's the notion also of something that I call pets as soulmates. Mm -hmm. Some people feel that they have um, a strong bond with a particular animal that they cannot even explain in in rational words. Mm -hmm. Words, Sorry. And what I mean by soulmates, of course, not romantically, is that, uh, you know, we have likely traveled before and we will travel again. And the bond is very, very strong. It's It's like we know each other and we can't even put words into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so thank you. Yeah, but go, go ahead. You. I was a... just going to say, speak a little bit about the intuitive nature of animals. Why do they always mm-hmm. seem to know when we are upset? Yes. Oh, that's so interesting. Well, I'm I'm just holding my book here. I was going to offer perhaps words of wisdom that came directly from the animals, which are always more profound than my own. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, as I'm looking through it, I'm I'm just gonna open it randomly and see what comes up. But what, what, what happens is that the animals are, um, all of us, humans and animals and plants and whoever, all living beings, um, came from this same source. I mean, this is not new. And this source, whether it's God or universe or whatever you want to call it, uh, is our blueprint of being. Um, I understand and I believe that animals have never left or have never gone too far from this source point of origin. Therefore, this intuitive way of being and connection to the earth and to nature and to their instincts is what's guiding them. Um, Humans have a bit more complex minds and egos (laughs) that we have to kind of sift through the layers in order to come back into contact with our source. Mm -hmm. It's not like we don't have it. We have it within us. Um, but animals, I believe animals bring us back to our own divinity, back to our own intuitive self, just because they already, they they have never left at that point, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. No, it totally makes sense. I mean, and it has been studied and proven that when you pet an animal, Mm -hmm. your, your, your heart rate evens out, your blood pressure goes down. Yes. Yes. Much more mental, mental and physical health. Uh, scientifically proven that our animals have um, much, much immense therapeutic um, benefits. Uh, but also, even on a spiritual level, I, I have seen people that have been isolated and closed themselves from the world, and now because they share their life with an the animal, they actually, it's almost like their heart expands, and mm-hmm. they allow themselves and allow others to connect. And what I believe is that animals are catalysts for connection. Hmm. I love it. I love that. I love that. I mean, I I know that to be true just from what has happened, you know, in my own life. And how does this, you know, because we're talking about, you know, the behaviors and how you feel when you're around animals. So when someone is having behavioral problems, 
with their pet, let's say, is that really a reflection of something going on in their own life? And, and how do we deal with that? Ah, interesting. Um, well, it clearly depends on the situation. Sometimes it has to do with the temp- temperament of the animal and their own background and history, and perhaps it was abuse or who knows what, or genetics. Um, many times, because animals, domestic animals, share their life, uh, sorry, share our life and our home and our environment, what happens is that we also share the same vibrational energy. And at times, if, if the human companion is unaware of something or going on, let's say, um, having a stressful period of their life and they're not sure how to deal with it or maybe unaware or, or various reasons, um, oftentimes the animals might pick up on that energy and start behaving in a way as if to mirror what is happening to the person hmm. deep inside. So I've seen it many, many times. I used to offer home sessions to um, animals who are not feeling well or have behavioral issues mm-hmm. that are kind of more emotional reasons. And what happened is I used to work with the animal for five minutes, and then, boom, I worked with a person for 90 minutes doing counseling, <laughs> you know, and, and asking, okay, what is happening in your life? Tell me. And, uh, I mean, I'm not going to go into the examples because that could take three hours, but very briefly... And this is how phenomenal and intuitive they are. Um, For example, I worked with a person that called me because his dog was dying of a heart failure. And we knew the dog is dying. I was just called in to kind of assist and help uh, reduce the pain. And as I'm working with the dog, I keep feeling like something is happening there. There's a message there for the person. Mm -hmm. Well, at the end of the session... I was with the person on the floor as he was crying, telling oh. me about his, his marriage and how he's wanting to leave and mm. didn't know how. And all of a sudden he said, oh, my God, it's my own heart that is breaking. Wow. And the dog was there to mirror, to say, please take care of your own heart so mm-hmm. I don't die in vain. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, animals will do almost anything for you. I mean, there's, I don't think there's anything else out there like coming home and having an animal run up to you or lick your face or curl up in your lap or whatever saying, I'm glad you're here. You matter. You know, that it's always the message is that you are loved and that you matter. And there's nothing more beautiful than that. So if we know that there's maybe something going on with our pet, we're looking into our homes. Is it possible to communicate with our animals and say, hey, this really isn't you. This is me. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) You know what? As you just said that, um, what I always tell people, whether I teach classes or sessions or whatever, is it's very easy to communicate with animals because they're so intuitive. All we have to do is be authentic and be real in how we feel. So if we're, if, let's say if I'm going through a stressful day and I'm not going to worry now that my cat is going to, you know, mirror for me or be sick because of me, all that stuff, what happens is it just adds layers. So what I do is I literally let her know, whether it's verbally or through my, you know, heart, that, you know what, I'm just having a bad day. It's nothing to do with you, mm-hmm. really. So it's as if you're putting a boundary between you and them because they already they can feel they can feel through the masks. If we try to put up a happy face and you know for their sake to protect them, they it's confusing to them mm-hmm. because they can feel what's underneath it. So just be real, just be like, you know what? I'm having a bad day. Nothing to do with you. Don't you worry about it and own it. Like, you know, seek support, do what you need to do to take care of yourself. Absolutely. And And they can hear you and they can understand you because I am, I can hear a few people out there going, really? I'm going to talk great. Yes. Yes. Sit down, pull up a chair, let the dog or cat (laughs) sit at a chair and have dinner with you right there (laughs) and share that family time and sort of, you know, I, I'm, I'm all about that. And I, and I love that. We're talking (laughs) with Shiri Joshua uh, from soulacademy.ca. That is her website. It's a really cool website, soulacademy.ca. Tell me about how Soul Academy started. 
Ah, Soul Academy is an inspired vision, also inspired by the animals. It started, uh, it came slowly over a few months, but the, the catalyst for it was that I was already um, <clears throat> working as a therapist, as a pet loss person, this and that, but I felt like something else was needing uh, to come out of me. Life needed me to do other things, and one day I was actually driving down the highway to see a client, uh, um, a horse, <clears throat> excuse me, and... As I'm driving, I was passing by a truck that was filled with chicken, chickens, and they were just crammed in there, and I, could, I actually caught their eyes. I saw their eyes, and it just broke my heart to pieces because I knew where they were going. Now, I never want to, you know, go out there and preach about being a vegetarian and all that stuff. I mean, I am, but mm-hmm. to each their own. But I felt like, what can I do to help change their fate, to do something bigger than what I was doing. And I literally, this is crazy moment, I literally screamed in the car, what can I do to help change your fate? Please show me. Mm. And within seconds, I mean, clearly my, you know, my, my intuitive channels were already open for many years ago, but within seconds I heard a calm voice, inner voice, as if it came from the chickens, <laughs> saying, compassion will change our fate. It, it was just so peaceful and calm, but very assertive. Mm-hmm. And then I like, saw, like, with my eyes, I saw a vision, and it says S-O-U-L, society, soul society. Now, I had no idea what all this means, so I actually parked the car because it was just too profound. Mm-hmm. Like it came from the from my inner core, um, and slowly, slowly, it was explained to me intuitively that um, soul stands for service, unity, oneness, and love, and these are the four um, pillars, I guess, that animals teach us. And compassion, once we start seeing ourselves as children of life, you know, as our source then we start seeing every living being as coming from that source. So in a sense, if I'm looking at you, Lisa, let's say, Mm -hmm. I would see myself. That's the essence of oneness. Mm -hmm. We are all one of the same inside, clearly. When I look at an animal through the eyes of compassion, as if I'm looking at myself, I can no longer harm anyone. I can no longer harm them. Mm -hmm. So that is what the animals have asked of me to deliver is teach the way of compassion to end our suffering. And that's a true story, and it's still unfolding. But that seems to be the next phase to create a soul society, quote-unquote, a society where all living beings are um, seen equally. Mm-hmm. Wow. that's And soulacademy.ca is the website you can go to and read more about this. If you've got a quick question for Shiri, you can call at 248 248- Eight zero nine three four seven four. I have a lot of friends around me right now who are dealing with the loss of a pet. And I told them I was going to talk to you today. And I, I explained yeah. a little bit about what it was all about. And it really, it's the getting over how quiet it is in the house and the loss mm. of what that animal meant to them. What words of wisdom do you yes. have for people dealing with the death of a pet? Well, that's absolutely um, the routine and the void, the physical void, is the hardest thing to get through, whether it's an animal or a human loss. With an animal, it's a bit of a different layer just because, as you said, Lisa, they run to you when you get home. Mm-hmm. They, they are so present and so loving um, that, you know, the most loving human can't, by nature of being human and faulty, can't um, offer that. So what I would say and what I did say to all my clients over the years is take the time to feel what you need to feel. Take the time to um, fall apart if you need to fall apart. Feel the grief. Feel the void. There is no way around that. The only way out is through, as, as they say. Mm-hmm. And when, when your heart starts mending, and it takes weeks, months, sometimes years, and I'm sorry that I don't have a magic potion. It okay. just is. Yeah. Because, the qu- you know what? The quicker you allow yourself to sit there and really break, the faster it's going to go. 
Mm-hmm. But when we start denying it and, and distracting ourselves and getting new puppies and going to the bar, and, mm-hmm. you know, things that numb us, it just delays the, the, the process and the heart must break in order to heal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, take um, your time with making the decision of getting a new pet, because like you just yeah. said, we try to immediately just replace that void. That's right. And and it comes from, of course, a pure, um, you know, decision to to help us and help other animals and soothe our breaking heart. What happened, what I've seen again and again is that the new bond, um, 99% of the time, doesn't work because deep inside of us, we want it to kind of replace what we have just lost mm-hmm. on some level. And so oftentimes the new animal ends up at a shelter or that the person gets resentful. It just doesn't do the trick unless, of course, you know, I've heard stories of animals showing up in at your doorstep <laughs> even before you think you're ready. Well, welcome that. I believe the animals coordinate that. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't I get a man to do that? Just like show up at yeah. my doorstep. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, my... I'm working on that. <laughs> that second book coming up. <laughs> that, that would be really good, how to bring that. Um, what, what do you believe is the yeah. most significant lesson that an animal has taught you? Oh, my God, there's so many. Um, sorry, what I, what I did want to say very quickly before mm-hmm. I even search my mind for that is um, the book that, I just, that just was published, The Animal's Messenger, has at least three chapters devoted to dealing with the loss of a pet. Of course, it came, in, again, in, from the animal's perspective in a way of a story. Mm-hmm. But every message and every line, um, I believe, or at least ch- changed my own life in its profoundness. And they talk more more about how to deal with it, how to view death, how to communicate with them after death, how to receive their messages that they're trying to send us. So what I'm saying is I hope that it brings comfort and healing to people who are bereaved mm-hmm. beyond, um, you know, beyond the, the obvious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's, that's my hope. But in terms of a lesson, there really are many. Um, and every day I'm learning new things. I guess the biggest one is just be, just be, because I'm a doer. (laughs) I'm a doer. I enjoy creating and producing, and I'm learning to just be, you know, and not even justify being. Mm -hmm. Like, just be yourself without justification. Just enjoy this moment and yawn and stretch <laughs> that was you know, the one yeah animals always stretch in the mornings like they got it right that's why they're I so know. limber <laughs> yes that's it it's it's the living it's the actual living that they're doing they're not doing for life they're living mm-hmm. for doing it just is that's why cats always look at you like why are you running around chill out I know. lie in the totally. sun a while what's there to be <laughs> you know upset about exactly. <laughs> exactly and i'm i'm certainly still i'm i have not mastered that lesson but it's one that i'm at least mindful of yes so. that, that we are working on so it's sheree yeah. joshua it's soulacademy.ca and the book is called the animal's messenger a tale of truth and purpose and everybody they can get it on your website or amazon tell them where they can get your yes, book. it's uh, certainly on the soulacademy.ca uh, if they want an autographed copy um if they're in vancouver i'm doing book signings they can get that um, but it's on amazon it's on barnes and nobles indigo um it's Etc. Cetera, et cetera. There's there's list of where it's available um, on the website. Absolutely, and you know if you've got somebody who's a huge animal lover, I actually think this would be a cool present to get somebody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, thank you. Yeah, uh, I I I love yeah. that. You, it has been just a pleasure to be able to talk to you and reconnect. And twice twice now, I've told Sheree that I am going to call her, and <laughs> and I am. Because, you know, now I've put it out to the universe and it'll come back and bite me in the butt if I, if I well, don't. Well, you know what's going to happen if you don't call? I will call you. So there you go. Yay! <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, bless you and bless all your little animals at home. I'm so happy that you joined us. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Lisa and everyone. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Rebecca Romaine. As a former model, I used to walk runways all over the world. Paris, Milan, New York. This is Salif Diara. 
As a local health worker, he walks the pathways of his village in Mali, West Africa, every day to help treat severely ill children. Like many children in the developing world, those in Salif's village are threatened by common illnesses that kill millions worldwide. But unlike villages without a local health worker, the children in Salif's village get the care they need to survive. And even though you can't walk in his shoes, you can help him with his work. Help one, save many. See where the good goes at goodgoes.org and find out all the ways you can help get the good where it needs to go. Brought to you by Save the Children and the Ad Council. I present to you three of the fiercest subjects ever assembled in the cage of doom. First, the brain-wrenching behemoth, Algebra 2, weighing in at a mind-boggling 800 pounds. Foreign languages! The multilingual international sensation capable of tossing you clear across the Atlantic. And finally, biology. More ferocious than formaldehyde, she'll dissect you one chromosome at a time. Who among you will step up to their challenge? Uh, yeah, I'll do it. Me too. I'm in. Sign me up. Take on the tough classes now. You need them to prepare for college. Find out which classes you need at knowhowtogo.org. Brought to you by the American Council on Education, Lumina Foundation for Education, and the, the Ad Council. is a treasured and magical place. Hello, Bambi. Hello, little prince. Hello. Hello, man. But a wildfire can destroy its beauty for a lifetime. It's always wildfire season somewhere in America. Nearly 9 out of 10 wildfires nationwide are caused by the carelessness of humans and could be prevented. But together, we can make a difference. Watch what I can do! <laughs> Help protect the home of our forest friends. He can call me a flower if he wants to. To find out more, log on to SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. This message has been brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, the National Association of State Foresters, and the Ad Council. You're listening to Empower Radio, EmpowerRadio.com. Now, back to Positive Now with Lisa Jesswine. Oh, I bet you were wondering, what is coming next? She said goodbye to Shiri, but we don't know what's going to happen the second half of the hour. Yeah, that's my newfound get you to listen thing. Don't tell you what I'm going to do, and then hopefully you'll stick around. <laughs> Actually, the second half of the show, I'm, I'm so, I'm such a, oh, I don't know why I didn't say this, but I have Heather Lee here from the Boston Tea Room, and after meeting Ted Andrews, she really wanted to study what animal totems were all about. So we are going to to talk about animal totems this half hour. Hello, Heather Lee. Hi, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me here. Oh, you are very welcome. Okay, so first of all, how'd you meet Ted Andrews? I was at uh, an international New Age trade show out in Denver, Colorado, and uh, he was there. I'm not sure why he was there, but we kind of bumped into one another, and um, he ended up doing an animal reading for both my mother and myself. And and um, I have to say, I, I get the whole animal connection with your pets and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. but I didn't really, other than the Native American tradition, I didn't really understand what significance an animal totem could possibly have for, you know, little old me. Mm -hmm. When he sat down and he, he told me when I walked into the room, he said, well, the first thing I want to tell you is there's this uh, barred owl above your head with this six-foot wingspan, and he went on to talk to me about what a barred owl really means, how they behave in their natural habitat. I kept wanting to say barn owl? I didn't really even know. I'd never heard of a, a barn owl. owl. <laughs> What's a is that a night owl that goes to the bar a lot and drinks whiskey sours? I don't know. So um, the more he talked to me about it, the more I could see how it really did relate to myself, my personality, how I behaved with the people around me, how uh, the characteristics of this particular animal totem that had appeared at this particular cycle of my life were really affecting a lot of different areas of my life. We'll briefly just tell everybody um, Ted Andrews wrote. Ted Andrews was an author. He passed away last year um, and he he w wrote 
he was a very prolific author, so he wrote on a variety of topics. But what really affected me was Animal Speak was the first book of his that I read and really kind of devoured. And then also Animal Wise, where he kind of takes the study to the next level. So mm-hmm. Okay, so he sees this bar owl. <laughs> what, bard? Bard owl. Bard. bard like a, owl. A, a, mm-hmm. Okay. And and the the name for the barred owl comes from the stripes on the wings that are... That, create this barred effect pattern on the wings. And um, so that was really phenomenal. And when he talked to my mother, he saw a turtle and they talked about the significance of the turtle in her life. And it was just really, both sessions were incredibly profound and, um, and really insightful and gave us each were kind of a catalyst for us to uh, take the study to a new level. And so we came home and started reading up everything we could. Okay, on animal totems. Now, do mm-hmm. we all have an animal totem? Does everybody have one? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Is, are, are, does everybody have the same amount of animals in their totem? <laughs> I think this varies from culture to culture, and different belief systems espouse different views of this. Now, a lot of what we know as Westerners comes from you know, the native traditions. So in some of those traditions, you are given an animal at your birth, and that becomes your totem for your entire life life. In some tribal cultures, you go on a vision quest, usually around the same time that you're coming of age, and your animal totem will present him or herself to you. In shamanic traditions, you go on a shamanic journey to come in contact with your animal totem. And then there are still other traditions that say that, you know, we each have a totem. And as we go through the phases of our life, different animal totems come in to kind of guide us. They bring different qualities that will be the most beneficial for what we're going through during that phase of our life. So your totem can shift and change depending on what you're going through. Now, as we're talking about animal totems, if you have a question for Heather Lee, like, oh, what's my animal totem? Oh, (laughs) I see this one animal all the time. Does it mean anything? You can call in and ask her a question at 248-809- Three four seven four two four eight eight zero nine three four seven four. If you want to ask Heather Lee about animal totems, so you found out you have an owl. Mm-hmm. Your mom's got a turtle, mm-hmm. and w- was your next response like, "What else? What else? Oh, do I have something fancy like a like a bear?" Or what if someone's stuck with, "Oh, you got a snake?" Well, <laughs> and you know, this is I call them. There are different trifectas, like uh, the mammal trifecta. I think would be um, wolf. Panther and bear. Everybody wants to be wolf, panther, Ooh, yeah, and bear. Yeah, that sounds you know, good. Don't those sound great. Yeah. yeah. And then the bird trifecta would be eagle, raven, and owl. Everybody wants those because those are cool birds. They're really <laughs> badass. Can I say that on the radio? Yes, you can. And then the reptile, uh, the the fish and reptile trifecta would be. Uh, dolphin, turtle, and frog. Everyone loves their dolphin, turtles, and frogs, you know? Okay. Um, but what about the poor turkey vulture? You know, nobody <laughs> wants to be a turkey vulture. But I got to tell you, the turkey vulture... Um, really absolutely is beneficial to the environment is beneficial you know they um they're cleaners they pick away at carrion they remove the possibility of disease from spreading so they're incredibly beneficial you know when Mm -hmm. i was uh, my first animal totem that i remember as a very young child i was really really fascinated by spiders i didn't i wasn't afraid of them i didn't want to kill them i didn't i just was amazed by their webs and i would watch if i found a spider spinning a web I could watch it for hours. And my father, I remember, uh, was telling me, well, it's uh, an arachnid, and this is how you know. And he was explaining this stuff. And he said something, you know, like the goddess arachne. And I said, well, how how is a spider named for a goddess? He said, well, look it up. And I'm so glad he did, because my father was quite a storyteller. So I got much more accurate information looking something <laughs> up than actually taking his word for it. But I remember reading the story of an arachne and how she was a weaver. And that became this... Um, theme in my life that you can keep it all together that you can tell the story in your weaving that you can put it together and hold things together so for the probably until I was 12 or 13 I definitely think that the spider was my animal totem I was fascinated by 
them. I always thought they were good luck. I would never kill them. People would make fun of me because I would gently carry them out of a building, you know. Yeah, well, the spiders in my house, we have an agreement. Mm -hmm. If you show up in the kitchen, which is doable, you have 24 hours to uh, evacuate. To vacate the premises. Yes. Right. Now, however, (laughs) you show up in the bedroom. Right. You better be darn quick about getting somewhere. Right. Because as soon as I go and I I feel bad Mm -hmm. and I always say I'm sorry Mm -hmm. before I do it, I said, but that's our agreement. Mm -hmm. Kitchen, you can stay. Mm -hmm. Bedroom is a big no-no. Well, and I have to tell you, I I was living down in Georgia and I was teaching preschool and and my co-teacher was just, she was very into nature and really she was great with the animals. And one day I was out on my front porch and I saw a black widow spider inside an overturned flower pot and she had laid an egg sack and you could see the little red, you know, hourglass on her. And I went to work and I was all excited to tell my friend and partner this, you know, I've got this and I'm watching this process and I can't wait for the babies to hatch. And her response, this nature loving, animal loving, just (laughs) compassionate heart went, oh, honey, you got to kill that now. Just now you got to kill that. (laughs) Your your little Ben was a a black widow spider great right. great that's t- <laughs> that explains a lot about you heather lee Thanks. but that's good Thanks, that you Lisa. are so loving in that manner so how does somebody go about figuring out what their animal totem is? Well, there are some really simple ways. Most of us have a particular animal that we're just incredibly drawn to, that we just love it when we see it, and it really resonates. It really pumps our heartstrings. And so there's usually a connection there. That is probably one of your animal totems, okay? And I'm not talking about a specific pet or a specific animal that has a name. I'm talking about that species, that breed of animal. Um, So that's one way to do it. A lot of people will find themselves collectors of a particular animal. You know, like uh, I had a a third grade teacher who collected pigs. Well, by golly, that was her animal totem. And there was a reason for it. You know, she had little salt and pepper shakers and all this stuff. And so what you first do is look for the animal pattern in your life. I mean, we, those of us who may not really put a lot of credence in the theory of an animal totem, we still have this tendency to really gather the animals around us. I mean, if you look at people with tattoos, they've tattooed creatures all over them that they might have, mm-hmm. that might have some significance, and they might not even know what it is. We name our cars after animals. You know, we, mm-hmm. we surround ourselves with them. So look at those themes. Look at what patterns you already have going on with different animals. Mm-hmm. Also, what animals are you seeing? seeing a lot of. Now, obviously, that's going to limit you to the animals that kind of appear in nature. You're not going to see a gorilla sitting up in a tree by your house. Right. (laughs) And so that's not going to happen. But there are other ways you may, uh, you know, every time you turn on this TV or every time you're going to a magazine, a certain animal is coming up. You know, I have that kind of a connection with lemurs. And once I once that show Lemur Kingdom came on TV, it was all (laughs) over. And that's when I learned, oh, they have a matriarchal tribe. Tribal Troop Society. No wonder I like them so much, you know? <laughs> oh, and so, people can also think about, even as a kid or as an adult, mm-hmm. where's the first place in the zoo that you want to go? Absolutely. 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 That's a perfect way to do it. So, And you can also do really simple things. You may not be, you know, shamanically trained, but you can still do some lucid dreaming. And before you go to bed at night, you can say, you know, all right, I really want to dream of or have some images of my animal totem at this time in my life. What is it? What is it and what is it trying to say to me similarly before you leave the house at the beginning of the day you can say you know what by the end of today by the time the sun sets today I want an image I want a symbol of what my animal totem is and either you know that beaver is going to come right across the road and you're going to have to put on the brakes (laughs) to stop yourself or something's going to pop up you know so yeah okay and so we by the way real briefly can can insects be a part of it absolutely you know it's so funny because I was doing a meditation yesterday getting prepared for the show and I was thinking what am I going to say if Lisa asks me what her animal totem was so I did this meditation and honestly you came through as this beautiful like iridescent celadon green luna moth and whatever that is i love it (laughs) (laughs) you would love it too and it's so funny because luna moths are they're beautiful they're absolutely gorgeous when i looked it up so i could get a little information about it what i thought was so perfect for how it relates to you is um in some of my books where i'll I'll immediately go to the book I, i have this 
encyclopedias of animals all over my house, which are just fun to look at, but they're also a great reference. So I looked up the Luna moth, and a lot of times it'll say, you know, similar to, and it'll give you this list of other animals that it's similar to. And the Luna moth said unmistakable like nothing else and i thought oh how perfect for lisa how per- and i think luna moon mm-hmm. and i'm a cancer mm-hmm. ruled by the moon so that's right that's right. kind of really interesting yeah. so where does one go now they've they've come across oh my gosh i've seen a picture of a giraffe three times today mm-hmm. and you know i i saw a duck when mm-hmm. i was out by the, so they know and they mm-hmm. have where do they go from there well luckily we live in an information age so it's really easy you can bing it or google it or wikipedia it or whatever you want. Um, But what you want to do, I would say, stay away from a lot of the new agey sites. Start with just the real practical, um, what is this animal? How does it socially congregate? What does it eat? Um, What are its relationships? What, how does it parent? Where does it live? You know, is it a pack animal? Is it kind of a loner? And look at how it behaves in its natural habitat and see if it might not have some lessons for what you should be doing. For example, you know, the Luna moth is a very short-lived animal and because its life cycle is so short, it isn't often seen by us very much. But when you're looking at an animal totem that has a short life, what this, the significance is, is that you make every day count. You have to mm-hmm. be someone who is living for the day. It doesn't mean I'm going to leave this earth earlier no, than my time. No, not at all. Not yeah, at I can all. hear people going, no. oh my gosh, Lisa's got the Luna <laughs> No, it's about what lesson does that say is, you know, it really kind of that Buddhist philosophy of um, contemplating how precious our human life is. And we all have incredibly short lifespans if you really look at it in yeah. context. Yeah. And so, yeah, it is about living for every day. <laughs> and I know very few people who typify that philosophy as well as you do. So. Well, thank you. If you want to call in and talk to Heather Lee and maybe ask her, hey, what's one of my animals in my totem? You can call 248-809-3474. So are these animals in our totem, are they spirit guides? Are they... They can be. They definitely can be. They can give us advice. They can, um, you know, I think we've all had that moment, especially uh, with... an animal behaving in a way that it doesn't normally behave. Like we've all had that moment of eye contact with a wild animal, Mm -hmm. whether it is that deer in the road or whether it is that, you know, this morning I was going for a walk in my neighborhood and we have bunnies just all over my neighborhood. They're everywhere. And usually they run away. As soon as you're walking down the street, they see a human and they hop away. And I had this bunny who just sat up and looked at me like, yeah, what are you doing? You know, I was here first. (laughs) And I'm like, like, really? You're not going to leave? So I took the time to get out my cell phone. I hit Zoom. I took a couple of photos. And still, honestly, he was turning his head this way and that like he was voguing for the camera, you mm. know? So my next move is to then, you know, go look at the eastern cottontail because that's what they are in, in my neck of the woods and see kind of what their behavior patterns are and see what message he's giving. Because when he's behaving out of his norm, when they're normally timid and he's coming right up to me, that's hey, Missy, we want to get your attention. There's something that you need to be paying attention to. Okay, and it's not that I'm surprised Mm -hmm. that you bring up about a rabbit or Mm -hmm. a bunny because my friend is seeing a lot right now. And Mm -hmm. my question is, can the meaning of seeing the same animal, animal, is it different for each person or is it the same? I think it's really important that you... um, look at what it means to you. I have a a client who was talking to me. She was seeing rabbits everywhere and not just in the wild, but in every place. And uh, they'd be logos on the sides of trucks. And when we started talking about what that really meant to her, it really had to do with the white rabbit in Alice in Wonderland and the fact that this particular client felt as though she was going down the rabbit hole and that she went so far down that hole that when she came out the other side, everything in her world had kind of shifted and turned around and was not what it seemed. And so for her, it was very profound. Now, for me, that bunny being there letting me take pictures of him, like we were at a little photo shoot, that's not the message that I got. So I think it can be different. And um, and really, the trick is following your own intuition. And if you need some guidance, getting the appropriate guidance so that you can figure out what the specific meaning is for you. And can you call on animals? Will they have different names in your totem? For example, I have um, a buck 
in my totem and and for working with you know Stephen farmer who's absolutely fabulous he would uh-huh. always say don't say the buck say buck <laughs> like it's a first name you know because that shows respect for the animal right so buck is in my totem and always is in in for me signifies strength and protection do they give you their names or are you saying hey buck hey raccoon hey tiger yeah. I, mean, I you know i've never asked one of my totems for the name because it hasn't seemed significant to be perfectly honest but i can see where that could be a valuable tool for really establishing that bond and really establishing that connection mm-hmm. so again i think that if um on an individual basis that's where your comfort level lies i absolutely think you should ask for the name and you know you Usually these things come intuitively, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes people will think, oh, how can that be in my totem? I don't even like that animal. (laughs) (laughs) What do you say to that? Well, then that's probably holding a mirror up to some characteristics that uh, that you don't like about yourself. And so maybe it's giving you a little um, impetus that there are some things that perhaps you might want to take a look at with an eye toward changing. Mm hmm. (laughs) <laughs> you say that so sweetly with just a little dash of, yeah, like you might want to change. Oh, and this is this is a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. If maybe you're, you're friends or you're having situations with relationships or you're always feeling like the world is against you and all these horrible things keep happening, sometimes finding out what that animal totem is mm-hmm. can give you perhaps an idea of the next step step to take in your life? Sure, absolutely. And you know, you can also look at what some traditional totems are and what their meanings are, even if you're not convinced that this is your totem. Like, like you said, if you're going through a really rough patch, if you're having some physical or some emotional turmoil or pain, you know, the bear is the quintessential Native American animal totem of healing. You know, the Zunis have that heartline bear, um, but the bear is considered a very powerful healing animal. And one of the reasons is that in Native cultures, their medicine men, the the anatomy of the bear most closely resembles the anatomy of humans. So the medicine men would look at what a bear was doing in the wild and how it was treating itself. If a bear exhibited symptoms of whatever it is, being sick or indigestion or that kind of thing, they would look at what berries or what plants the bear would eat, and then they would use that as their prescription. So the healing bear is called on, you know, the bear is called on as a a healing activator. So it might be kind of nice to bring in some bear energy and kind of meditate on that and ask the bear for some healing. Mm-hmm. Now, would you recommend, you, you talked about just going straight for the, the literal meaning of the animal mm-hmm. and, and, and how it moves and mm-hmm. relates to, you know, it's young and into other things in nature. Uh, any suggestions on books or maybe are Oracle decks helpful? Well, yeah. And you mentioned Stephen Farmer. He has two great an, uh, animal oracles. And um, I think one of them is Messages from Your Animal Guides. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is Power Animal, the That's Power Animal deck. Yeah. <laughs> and those are both really fun. And they're, you know, they're great for when you just have a group of friends around and you want to get a little intuitive guidance into how to connect with the animals. They're great. They can be done as a daily pull, like a lot of the angel decks, or you can really go a lot deeper with them. Mm-hmm. And you'll find out that it's not... Um, what we believe to be what our perception of of this animal is often so misunderstood i was thinking of um the shrew you know we've got this lovely shakespearean idea of what a shrew is right you know just really what i don't mean to sound stupid but what is a shrew well do you remember that play taming of the shrew yes, okay I remember that. well the shrew is like this harpy with this terrible voice and never says anything right and she's a nag and she's a horrible person well the shrew is actually a tiny little rodent they kind of look like a mouse they have a little bit more pointy pointier nose in fact the common north american shrew is one of the uh what's the word i guess there are more of this particular mammal than probably any other mammal in north america but because they're so secretive you never see them you never know they're there so the reason that they got that name of being the shrew and it has all these negative connotations is because they're unique among mammals in that there's a venom in their saliva that they can use to subdue both 
their prey and also their attackers. So it's a defense mechanism. So if the shrew happens to come up as your animal totem, it's really not saying that you're some terrible person. What Mm -hmm. it's saying is that you kind of have to watch your tongue because your tongue can be a weapon. And you know how many of us say things without thinking that end up hurting or harming someone else. And then we go, I really didn't mean it that way. So it's really kind of um, an eye opener to us that maybe we need to tone it down a little. Mm -hmm. And once you take care of that, then there may be another animal that replaces that. Just because you have a shrew in your totem now. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Doesn't mean you'll always have that shrew there. Right. You could have a big, gentle panda there in a couple of years. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Are animals sometimes, um, and I know this has been true uh, for my mom and a couple other people, are they sort of a, a forecaster? of omens what i'm getting at here is um my mom before someone dies Mm -hmm. a bird will fly Mm -hmm. into a window Mm -hmm. near her Mm -hmm. are they i hear that a lot Uh and um and i think that is kind of a a method of folk divination like when Mm -hmm. something like that happens absolutely it can be a forecaster now i would really be be reluctant to say that any bird is intentionally flying into a window for that reason as kind of a signal to you. But I do think that a lot of people um, associate crows. If they see a flock of crows, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, you know, a telltale sign that somebody might be passing. So yeah, absolutely. They can be forecasters of things to come. And, and especially birds, for some reason, we seem to associate birds with bad news a lot of the time. <laughs> a lot of times, even how can you with the, the cute little, what are they, sparrows? Mm-hmm. Those sweet little things? Mm-hmm. See, I, I wouldn't right. think that if I saw that. Right. And I try and counteract it with, I always remember the bluebird of happiness, you know, oh. and I do get a little happy when I see a bluebird, especially because they're getting so rare in this part of the country. So when I do see them, it gives me kind of hope that, oh, maybe we're not killing the planet as fast as we think. You know, they're still making it. Yeah. So. And and as, you know, Shiri talked about in the first half, being able to just speak out loud and say, hello, Robin, mm-hmm. hello, you know, what all the different animals to let them know that you're there mm-hmm. and that you're glad that they're a part of your world, right? Mm-hmm. We can Absolutely. Talk right to Absolutely. I used to go for walks with a friend of mine who was a Buddhist nun. And if we would pass, if we were in a residential neighborhood and she would see a dog would be barking, kind of yapping at the fence, she would get right down and squat to the dog's level and she would say little prayers and talk to the dog. And it was amazing how <laughs> that dog would just calm right down. And I, at the time I thought, well, I'm not doing that. But you know, now <laughs> I'll be more, I'll stop and I'll talk to the animal. I'll get down on their mm-hmm. level and you know and it seems to really work so. I had a little chat with a drunken possum <laughs> I did because one got into my garbage can mm-hmm. and obviously ate something that made it drunk mm-hmm. because I obviously a fermented something was in there and I opened the thing and went <laughs> and then I looked and went oh you're drunk mm-hmm. and I said I'm gonna tip this over mm-hmm. and I'm gonna let you crawl out mm-hmm. you know after you've slept off your your little <laughs> night of whatever you had Being there t- Being tipsy, and then you go, and then I'll take the garbage out after that. And sure enough, Mm -hmm. the next day after I tipped it out, I'm like looking in the garbage can, like, is he still in there? And I'm like, you know, I think he appreciated that. Mm -hmm. I may have screamed, Mm -hmm. but I didn't, you know, throw him out or start hitting him or anything. I was just like, I could tell. I looked into his eyes. I'm like, you're drunk. Mm -hmm. No judgment. No (laughs) No judgment. judgment. Mm -hmm. And that's okay if you like what's in my garbage can. But (laughs) we need to just let garbage be in there and not animals. Right. You know, kind of had that conversation so finding out your animal totem really cool going about looking to see what animals that you see repeatedly now could somebody come to you to find out what their animal totem is sure i've done that a couple of different ways and sometimes like when i did the meditation with you yesterday i saw that luna moth just and it's kind of funny to me that today you're wearing green too (laughs) but um but yeah you can so you can do it as a meditation you can walk someone through by asking a series of questions very similar to the way i would do a dream interpretation interpretation session with someone. Mm -hmm. And in that Um, in that way you can kind of uncover and discover and usually by the time you get to the answer and you're telling them the answer they're like well that makes perfect sense because you know they knew it all along and if you look really closely at my necklace Uh there's like a little butterfly moth thing on there today (laughs) and I haven't worn this necklace in like a really long time and today I put it on so see always pay attention to what's going on (laughs) so you can get a hold of Heather Lee at the Boston Tea Room and that is bostontearoom.com and all kinds of cool things 
from from classes to you know readings to candles to books and they can mm -hmm. even find some books and some oracle cards there absolutely as well. we've got steven's stuff and ted's stuff there fantastic mm -hmm. well thank you heather lee for letting me know i'm a moth i'm cool with that <laughs> thanks lisa <laughs> and thanks everyone for choosing to be positive now